Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Gwigway, everybody, and welcome to the beating table. You are welcomed here by myself, Leif Makiwa, and my fabulous co-host, Margaret Degonhyakwa Stand Up. And uh, we're just having a selfie moment, I think, over in the corner. Anyway, <laughs> we are here at the beating table, and we are ready to dish out all of the happenings from our, I guess, end of January to beginning of February adventures here in our in our lives and all the things, all the wonderful things that are happening out in um, the beating world, the beating world. So first, I want to say a few things, a few shout outs. First out, uh, shout out to Nicia, Jessica Hernandez, Nicia Accessories for launching another community beadwork challenge project and much success for all those who are attempting to do that. So shout out to you, Jessica, for bringing forth another opportunity for the beating community to come together and maybe hopefully inviting other people to join too by displaying and giving the opportunity for people to bead or some people are even sewing a design that you've mm -hmm. made. There's even cookies I saw. Oh, awesome. Or there's gonna be. And I, yes, I also have to just like really thank her for it really lit that fire back under my ass because I was like losing it. Kind of, I was, mm -hmm. I, did, I wasn't beating. I didn't want to beat. I didn't want to do nothing. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting there like I'm still in the color picking process but i'm like oh every day i just sit there like oh my god i gotta go and bead i gotta go and do this i gotta find a color <laughs> and is there a deadline to it yeah i think end of march oh that's not too bad then yeah i think she extended it. it's not just february i think it's till the end of march so oh it's a, cool it's a good one awesome yeah. so if you are listening and you are far away you can check out nisi's accessories on Instagram to see what it is we're talking about in terms of beading challenge. And maybe if you have time to actually get a copy or a digital PDF mm -hmm. for that. There's um, two sizes too. To there's oh, a bigger there's big, one and a smaller one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, shout out to Neil Perkins and some other Ngunghua designers who are heading to Milan for the White Show. And it's part of the Milan Fashion Week. It's a concept show. And so shout out to her and all of those who are going out there and much success. That's a big stage to be on. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Elias J. Not Afraid for being part of a selection of artists who were part of the Super Bowl merchandise memorabilia for Super Bowl 57 that was happening in Arizona. So shout out to him. He is a beadwork artist and ledger artist and uh, some of his he had designed pieces for the merchandise. So shout out to you. And shout out to all the other bead workers who are listening and or sewers or anybody who is listening to us. I walked in at my job and they had to shut us off. We were on the, they were listening to us. Oh, really? In the staff room. <laughs> so we're going to school and they're also participating in Jessica Hernandez's mm -hmm. community challenge. And uh, what they wanted to do is they wanted to get together so they could work on, I guess, that project, but then also on other projects and also speak Ungohuna, huh? And uh, when I walked in, they, they had to mute it. They're like, we were just listening to you. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I forgot to tell them that we'd, they would be on the podcast Yay. and I would be talking about them. But shout yeah. out. Shout out to all those teachers working at Gunihunuha, Dindarastakwa, doing the beating. <laughs> and cool. yeah, so that's a lot for the first, like, five minutes. I 
I spoke really fast. Hopefully everybody <laughs> heard me. And maybe I'll take it down a notch. Oh, we got a lot to go through. So okay, so. We may have to kick it back up. We normally tape every month. It seemed like we taped a little bit closer together this time, right? Yeah. Like it's been less than a month since we last date. But you may tell you people, it has been jam packed <laughs> because the exciting thing that we thought probably was going to be the most exciting thing we were going to be talking about maybe this month happened like right after we taped. And Margaret has a store. Degorico has a store. It's called Traditions. It's here in Kahnawake. And can you believe this? We were part of a robbery. <laughs> a robbery took place. Actually, I was corrected and said and was told it's not a robbery. Not like a, yeah. Because they say a robbery is supposed to be with money. But okay, so is it, okay. It might sound like a little less dramatic when we say it was shoplifting. But let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. And the only really like kind of funny thing and ironic thing is that there were four of us at the store at the time when this happened. <laughs> but that just goes to show that those who are in desperate situations and need what it is that they need. And I guess in this case, it was items that they could sell for their recreational purposes. Mm -hmm. will do what it is they got to do and are sneaky and are well-versed in the arts of shoplifting. Mm -hmm. So, Margaret, what happened? We got robbed. Um, yeah. So we were all in the store. My friends were, I'm going to call them all out. Amanda was in there. Gus was in there. Carrie Lane was in there. She had just dropped some items off. So me and her were talking. I think you, Amanda, and Gus were talking about beads. Sherry McCumber was there. She had yes. the moccasins. Yes. So it was like a whole bunch of stuff going on. So it was pretty busy in there and people were just in and out. And this lady kind of like slithered on in and just <laughs> like super quiet. I... I, I noticed her though because I my I was facing the door like I was behind the cash and I was just kind of looking and yeah so we just I saw her come in and well so right out of the, the gate I kind of like I don't know I just had a weird feeling about her I just kind of was like mm, I don't know but then I kind of questioned myself like are you kind of profiling people because honestly she she looked like she had very interesting extracurricular activities going on like mm -hmm. you know i'll say it she looked a little bit like she was a drug user like very mm -hmm. her face you know all the the features and stuff so mm -hmm. I, then i'm like you know what i'm profiling people and that's not fair so i i was like okay whatever you know i continued my business and whatnot yeah she was kind of going around and i was trying to keep an eye on her still though because i still didn't feel right something it was just her, the way she was like kind of going yeah. around everything and it was like touching everything. And then, so now I'm like, okay, she picked up that necklace mm -hmm. and was like still playing around with things. And then I saw her put it back. So I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. It's me. It's mm -hmm. I'm, I'm overreacting here, whatever. So now after everything happens and whatnot, you guys are standing there and Carrie Lane had left and the lady now had left. And I just knew it. I was like, something is wrong. I went, there was a bunch of items from, she had very good taste. She stole a lot of <laughs> <laughs> like crystal connect, crystal connections. A lot of their items were taken. So mm -hmm. I had gone right away to where all those rings were. There was a mm -hmm. whole bunch of rings sitting there. And yeah, so she had strategically removed the rings from the box and then took the cards that come with it to this, like it's a description of the yep. stones that are in the rings and she placed it over top so that I, it wouldn't, hopefully it wouldn't be noticed mm -hmm. right away, you know, but I was already suspicious. So sure enough, I saw it and then I started screaming at you guys like, call the cop, 
cops. <laughs> it was so crazy because you had said, oh, I'm going to the washroom. And mm-hmm. we were here and the lady was in here in, in the store still. And I knew she was there. Mm-hmm. And she had opened the door like she was going to leave, but she didn't. She was talking to somebody. And it's funny because in that video, because I later on, we watched a video mm-hmm. from the hardware store. And with the PKs. And yeah, we saw that she had like stuck she her talked, head out. Yeah. So she spoke to somebody and I was like, looked and then she came back in. Mm-hmm. And then she said goodbye, I think. Or she just slithered out. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe less than a minute after she left, you came down and you beelined exactly to where she was, like you had just said. And you just yet and we were like what and the crazy thing is amanda said what's the number yeah <laughs> oh my god in a frantic state nobody could remember and gus came over she's like wait are you sure like take a take a breath here like yeah. what is wrong with you and i'm like no i said i i was watching her and i was already suspicious and i yeah. knew I, I was like 100 percent. i know that it was her so i ran to the door i went to look for her and even in my frantic state i was like which way did she go yeah. like you know so I looked out and I couldn't see her. And I followed you too. And I looked and then I came back in. Yeah, we couldn't see anything, but they were parked there, but they were parked behind your truck. They had a really yes. small car. So it was kind of hidden, hidden behind. Yeah. And it was, I think it was like behind, it was like backed up Like further. so she can get out quick. Yeah. Then I saw them backing out. So then I started screaming like, get a pen. Cause I was trying to get their license yeah. plate. And then you came flying out of the door, <laughs> following them and trying to get that license plate number. Gus was screaming too. She had a book and she was like, what's the number? <laughs> and, uh, but the car was like super dirty. So we couldn't, yeah, see, I couldn't anything. see anything, even right next to it. Almost. We couldn't see it. And then about what, like five minutes later, the cops kind of showed up and they had already gone. This the car Yeah. Had left. Cause I had ran to where the gas station was like, that's as far as I got. Like I tried to run, I tried to get them at the stop sign, like literally go and stand in front of their car. But the snow was so high that I couldn't get, yeah. I was like, I can't get over this. I'm going to hurt myself. And so, or get bumped. Or get bumped. Yeah. So when I ran in, Amanda was on the phone with the cops, I think. And I said, this is what it is. This is what she's wearing. And she even had red glasses and a white and black hat yeah. and just all these different things that I had noticed. And I said, she went over, she's like going towards the PK station. And then like you, like you said, five minutes later, the, yeah. you got there, the cop. Well, he showed up yeah. and yeah, so we had to give a discount description of the items and at the time I had really only noticed the ring yeah and then I started going around and I think I noticed two other things there was like a necklace missing yeah. from a gift box that had like multiple items in it and I believe a second ring no actually that second ring I didn't even notice right away yeah and then there was the pair of earrings but you had to call the cops back after like that was the first set you thought like okay yeah. this is what I have I had only thought there was two because I had written out yeah. the descriptions for Ohio he left and he was going to go and try to retrieve them mm-hmm. because oh so we skipped the steps so in that whole process we ran next door because the mm-hmm. hardware store has they have cameras all over the building so we were able to see who it was and get you know, descriptions of them and whatever. But while we were standing there, Wahio got a radio from Waihawi saying that, Mm -hmm. asking like, is this blah, 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 like asking the car description and all that. And uh, she's like, we have them. I have them pulled over. We found them on OCR at a cigarette store. So he said, okay, I'm going to head there. Give me a description of the items items. that you're missing and whatever. So I I wrote that down. There were were only two that I had (laughs) noticed. So he took that and then I started going around looking and I noticed two more things. Yeah. So I called that in and whatever. So when he and we were came, all excited, like, oh, my God, I can't believe we were just wrapped. Oh, my goodness. And oh, my God, they got the people and all this stuff. Yeah. Like just trying to catch our breath. And yeah. So 
I don't Fast know. forward to the yeah. incident, and now he comes back because yeah. we don't want to go into the description of what happened of when he the tactics the tactics they use. But oh, so no, fast no, no. forward, no, yeah. So he ended up just coming back, and he had about like seven or eight things in his over five hundred dollars worth of stuff. Yeah, and I was like, "What in the hell?" Like, and now. Totally fast forward days after it happened like a Monday. So Tuesday, it took me all day on Tuesday just to move everything. Yeah, because things the first were thing, yeah. all over the store, you know, and I guess it's naive of me or wishful thinking to think, well, you know, we're almost five years now. Yeah. I've never had an issue, whatever. So yeah. I, I had moved things all over. So, you know, smaller pieces were all over yeah. the store. So now I was like, oh, hell no. Like now I have to move everything close to the cash yeah. that's more valuable or smaller yeah. that can easily be tucked into wherever. Yeah. So it took me all day Tuesday to do that. And I was kind of really pissed now. And then Monday, uh, sorry, Wednesday, I was like, okay, let me really go through the inventory and check because now everything's moved. I have it all yeah. back in its place and whatever. And I discovered that there are still three items missing. There are still two rings and that necklace never came back. That was part of the uh, gift box. So yeah, so that sucked. Yeah, so that was the whole deal. They were caught to make it even more juicy. There were items that were taken also from the hardware store. So that was, they were aware of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we all decided just to kind of press charges and go through that that whole BS process, you know. Which wasn't necessarily on your radar in the beginning, right? No. Because you thought, well, I got all my stuff back. But then after realizing. Yeah, and then finding out more info that. Unfortunately, they, you know, there, there's a history there of this behavior mm-hmm. uh, with the and it wasn't just the lady. It was also her husband that was also. And in the beginning, we believed it wasn't him. Yeah, he yeah. totally threw her under the bus like, oh, I didn't know she was stealing and all this stuff. And yeah, and he was caught red handed as well. So, yeah, so it kind of changed the narrative. And in the beginning, I wasn't I don't know. I was just kind of like I got my stuff back. All's mm-hmm. forgiven. I don't give a shit. But then as the days went on and the week, uh, the few days went on, I was just like, no, this is some bullshit, you know, like I, I kind of got upset about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, well, like I, I remember you saying talking about like a violation and just like. Yeah, because now it's kind of like the other day I had people come through the store that I don't know. I didn't know who they were. And mm-hmm. then I felt suspicious right away. And I'm like, I don't like feeling I've never had to feel that way before, you know, and I'm like, you know, I was like, all right, calm down, you know. So now it's I, I don't like that feeling. I don't like that little idea always constantly in the back of my head you know so it's not nice it created yeah. like a different vibe in there i had to smudge it out and get all that out <laughs> all that negativity <laughs> yeah so yeah that was the excitement oh great goodness. times great times yeah so that was the beginning of our month yeah <laughs> yeah i think it was like february 1st yeah because we taped we taped like at the end of january last month i think it was mm-hmm. or something i don't know we taped it strange time but yeah so speaking of negative smudging <laughs> it seems like people need some smudging <laughs> yeah everyone's kind of losing their minds the past week yeah i mean i don't think i've really lost my mind but there's just a lot happening in my life too like some exciting things nothing negative some really exciting things happening and mm-hmm. i just can't wait to okay so i'm just gonna say it because i can say it because now it is out there and i applied like i said last month for artists in residence and i got an interview yay so i'm doing that in two weeks, I got to do a presentation on it and oh hopefully it's successful, but I just take one step. So my big thing was like, okay, let me get over the application process, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then now I got this like interview and of course my mother, 
She was like, oh, so what are you going to talk about? What about this? What about that? And I'm like, <gasps> let me just get over this week at work and only a week from the deadline of the interview will I actually start because the more I think about it, the more I'm going to be like nervous, jazzed shit up. in my pants about what am I going to say? And <laughs> am I going to be able to talk for five minutes? And it's only a five minute interview, but ah, you'll be all right. But it's on Zoom. And I mean, I hear they're going to be great people and different things like that. But I'm just like, I've never done this before. Yeah. I even had to say, what is the expectation? Like, I think that's one of the things, the biggest takeaway from all the things that are happening. And I think maybe one of the big takeaways that we have all the time when working with people who maybe don't necessarily know B-Rick or not, or is ask questions. Don't mm -hmm. be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. So with this instance, the woman who told me I had to interview, I was like, okay, what do I, like, what is it you want? Like, I've never had an interview like this before. Do you expect like a presentation, like a PowerPoint or whatnot? And she really, she really was very helpful and just said like, you know, it's not, doesn't have to, it could be anything that you want it to be really. And so I was glad to get that. So uh, it's like, what did they say? No question. There are no dumb questions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, even though it makes you feel like, God, I should have, like, I feel like I should know this. Like if I'm an artist I sh or something, <laughs> you know, you should have a grasp already on the things that are in the business, but we can't know everything and that's okay. And to have grace for yourself. And so I'm trying to have grace for myself and think about all of those. But yeah, so there's that. And I had an interview with a magazine. Oh, yes. And, you know, like sometimes when you don't articulate everything it is that you want to say, you think, man, I really wish I said this. And I didn't talk about our beating podcast. Oh, yeah. So I wrote her email and said, hey, just to let you know, this is the beating podcast that we have, <laughs> the beating table and blah, 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 blah. I want to make sure I told I talked about it because it's because one of the end questions of the interview was like, what do you have happening? And I talked a little bit about this artist in residence thing and other things that I hope to do. And, um, but this is a big thing. I mean, yes, we only tape every month, but it's a, how many people have a podcast? They tape at a <laughs> studio that's not in their basement. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yes. I thought that was um, pretty interesting. So I wanted to make sure that she added that to the publication because it's a big publication. It's an art publication. So hopefully I'm not going to talk too much about it because I mean, I like to see things actually really happen. So I don't want to like say something and be like, oh man, it didn't happen. It really didn't happen, but it's going to happen yeah. hopefully. And hopefully shout out to all those people who are, you know what? I hate saying the word shout out. We got to think of something else to say. Maybe not shout out. Holla. No. Holla. <laughs> Holla it out. Nah. Anyway, but I just wanted to say welcome to all those new listeners too. I forgot to say in the beginning because- um, yes. We might have new listeners because we're getting a lot of traction on our Instagram page. Yeah, awesome. I saw, I noticed we had a few new followers. Yeah, and I like to follow people back who follow us. Mm -hmm. I know Degwaha, we were saying, don't be a snob. <laughs> you should follow everybody back or something. I don't know, some kind of algorithm, something, I'm sure. Method to her madness. But yeah, so anyway. Yeah, so smudging out the, the stank. The bad juju. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all, that's all good and gone. And yeah, I had a exciting uh week so we're i'm just glad to be on the other side of all the bullshit and, mm -hmm. and you have been super ass busy with all the stuff at the store and then beating and beating not even beating painting like you're painting like a maniac yeah it's been pretty crazy lately which is good though i'm loving it i'm like enjoying I know, cause it because you're in a lull right after christmas i remember yeah so i'm out of it and now even my beadwork is out of it so i'm like yay i'm loving life again and that's good beating and excited so 
Can I say something right now? Yes, say it. I also wanted to say a congratulations to the indigenous artists and other artists who participated in the RISE New York Fashion Week, specifically Garu Yahawe Daibo of She Holds the Sky Designs. She had her work showcased at this event in New York City last week, and um, she had local community members and modeling, and then also some people from Agwazesne, and she also gave the opportunity for local bead workers to showcase their work alongside with her work. So I was lucky to be, well, she did a call out. So I just said, hey, I got some things. You want something? So she said, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm thankful for her for have that opportunity. And also hopefully those who participated in the call out for designs get some good traction. I see a lot of pictures on Instagram and stuff like that. So yeah. So everyone's uh, Congratulations. Getting, their, uh, getting their dues, hopefully. So. Alrighty, so we will jump into these questions. So some of them, like I was saying, are just quick, you know, quick little ones. And then there was one really interesting one that we're going to try to address and talk about. I, and I just, I'll get, I'll get into yeah, that we'll later. Yeah, I'll get there. Okay, so one of the uh, little quick questions is, is there a way to clean velveteen if it gets dirty while you're working on it? Mm. <laughs> no. Yes. Dirty there is, in but. what sense? Like there's a stain on it? Best of luck. Yeah. I don't know to the extent. So I guess in small ways we can address it. I know you can use, people have used like a very, very soft toothbrush. Yeah. And just kind of try to buff it out a little bit with damp kind yeah, of thing. I use either scotch tape or mm -hmm. masking tape or painter's tape because it's not as sticky. Don't use duct tape duct tape because it'll fuse onto those. I mean, even though you lightly press on it, it it's super sticky and it'll like take the actual fibers out. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to make sure you don't use those. But you using have like a bald patch. Yeah. So you would just do obviously like just pat like with the I like I really like masking tape and um, painter's tape for that. So I would dab the area. I do use a toothbrush. I've never had a situation where I had like water on it or anything. Mm, me neither. I, I mean, know. I had a situation where I had a stain. Remember that yoke I did and I had a stain on it and I had to... Buff it out. I had to actually beat on something. I had to actually beat something there because it was obvious. Yeah, so you can't get it out. I would say, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Make sure mm -hmm. that you are not beating with coffee near you unless you're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Even that. Even, a, yeah, like a master of, like, make sure you, you know, the distance of your arms and like, so that you can have <laughs> it far away and you won't bump it or anything like that. But I would just say, yeah, be very careful. I don't know. I don't know what, no. I don't know what. Yeah. If if there's like major stains, you're beating over it. That's it. Like yeah. there's, there's no real way to get it out. Like if it's, um, especially if it's like very discolored or, yeah, yeah there's not too much you can do with it after and that. Sometimes what happens is, well, I know for myself anyway, I've had in the past where like I used a pencil or a pen because I, I do my design on transparent, not transparent, tracing paper. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I would paste it on the back because I glue it on the back of my piece. And then I would get my hands would be full of residue mm -hmm. from either the pen or the pencil. So then depending on what color of it you're working on, of course, that could then transfer onto whatever it is you're doing. So what I do is I flip the design over so that I'm never beating off of the actual markings. Yeah. Like the pen, like Not the fresh pen. it everywhere. Yeah. So I turn it over and that's the benefit of using tracing paper because it's basically the same, like, you know, mm -hmm. 
the image on the opposite side. So that's a suggestion. But yeah, maybe if you want to send us a photo of what it is that might be dirty, we can give you more help. <laughs> but I tend not to clean any of my stuff until I'm done. Because for me, it's like, well, what's the use? Because there's like little yeah. fibers of even threads sometimes, you know, like you want to yeah. just, yeah. It's going to be all over. Yeah. Okay. So that was one. <laughs> this one, I'll answer it because I know we're not getting nothing out of you. Uh, where do you order beads? <laughs> Which is private. It's private. No, I order my beads through Leith. No. Yeah. And or probably, Jessica. Well, hopefully uh, people mm. will still continue. I'm so like lackadaisical <laughs> about my bead stuff right now. I'm, that's, I mean, to be honest, like anybody who's buying from Leith, Leith's beads at Traditions <laughs> will know that the stock is very low. And it is not because I don't want to order. It's because I don't have the time right mm -hmm. now to order. And it's not a priority. Yeah. And plus to process it and to process all of it and that kind of stuff. And I keep saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And and I, I, I am like, I have a list of like all the colors people want and I've written it down and I'm going to do it. It's just that, yeah, that's not my priority, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, if you're looking for beads, you can go to Jessica's to get those if you want to. But um, I think everyone's a little low and dry. I think everyone right low and dry. So, okay. So beads are coming. I'm going to order them this <laughs> afternoon. Where I get them, I'm not telling. That's plain and simple. Because a person does not tell where they get their beads from. Because that's where, one, they don't want you to go buy beads there. <laughs> you know, like. The source. The source. Alrighty, so here are the other few little questions, and then there's a few bigger ones that mm -hmm. have a little bit more meat to them. Okay. okay, who or what do you listen to while you're working on a piece? Do you need quiet? Do you need a quiet setting? Oh my God, no. I am not a quiet beater at all. If I'm sitting with my own thoughts, I am losing myself <laughs> while I'm beating. No, I want to have something listening. Right now I'm listening to the Julia Hart book called Brazen. I've been listening to audiobooks. Um, I also have was listening to David Grohl from the Foo Fighters Nirvana. Mm -hmm. I listened to his book. So I've been doing like audiobooks and I've been watching Grey's Anatomy again. Oh my God, again. Again. So I'm on season two, episode 13, but I'm listening <laughs> to these books right now. But no, I am not a silent speeder. I would rather like sit in a room full of people than beat in silence. And I'm the opposite. Not that I prefer it, but I can and I will at home. I'll shut everything off and just sit there and bead. How are you, Dunya? That means boring and getting like <laughs> I like that peace and quiet because it's not. But, it, but that's your thing, right? You don't get it that often. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it doesn't bother me. I don't mind the, the peace and quiet. But I do. I would rather like have something going like Netflix or um, a show or something yeah. going. Sometimes I'll do music, but I was just talking about this with somebody where I find listening to music sometimes. Well, my playlist is garbage right now, but <laughs> it's like and I don't put anything new on or not. And so it's just random stuff. And mm -hmm. some of it like it it's comes on and you're conducive. like, wow, it just reminds you of something like 20 years ago. And I'm like, oh, what is this? And I have to change it. And then it gets me, it breaks my uh, Your vibe. Yeah, it puts me in a funk. So, yeah, no. So I'm not really into music unless I'm like really actively mm -hmm. selecting. But then that, then I end up just playing on my phone. So then, I yeah. so yeah, I'm more of a Netflix or watch, watching shows kind of thing. And kind of annoyed though, because I don't have a show right now. 
And, oh. I, and I thought of doing Grey's again. I'm like, I just can't commit to it. I just finished it. <laughs> like, oh, you okay? Like, well, yeah, like last year, I just rewatched it again. So I was like, no, we need something else. So I'm, I, yeah. I think maybe 15 years ago, I was more into music. Mm-hmm. Like music was, but then like 15 years ago, when you think about all of the technical advancements in terms of entertainment, online, watching mm-hmm. different things, like before it was like, you'd have to watch it. I would have to watch like DVDs. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so I relied a lot on music before, whereas yeah. now I don't rely on it yeah. so much for the bead part of it. Mm-hmm. Other things. Yeah. But not for necessarily. But yeah. But when sometimes when those really good songs come on, when you're listening and you're beating and then you just start like, you're like, like from like maybe my case 30 years ago. Yeah. See, like <laughs> in painting, I can do it. I don't mind. I think it's there's a different expression coming out when I paint. So I can do it with painting and mm-hmm. doing music, but not beating. I don't know why. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So yeah. the other question is, oh, this one. Okay. So this one is interesting. Okay. Do you bead while you're on your moon time yes. or do you take a step back? So I, when I read that, I thought it was very interesting. And I do believe we spoke about this briefly before, but I want to just give a quick little background because not everybody is Haudenosaunee that li- mm-hmm. listens to our podcast. Yep. So in our culture, I don't know if it's the same in different cultures. I have no idea. Yeah. But if it is, let us know. Yeah, it would be interesting to hear. For us, a lot of our ceremonies or a lot of the things that we do, it's, you know, we kind of take a step back from things when we are on our moon time, when we are on our menstrual cycles. We believe that at that point, our women are, it's a very strong, yeah, strong secret time. So it, it overpowers like our medicines and, and different things like that, especially like ceremonies and uh, tobacco burnings and things like that. So we take a step back during those times. Mm-hmm. We don't partake. So when it comes to beating though, because people, because this was re- yeah. referring to beating as medicine. Beating yes. is a, is a me- as a medicine. As a or, medicine, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I I beat all, I always beat. <laughs> so, but if I'm like being a, you know. If you're being rotten, if you feel rotten. If I feel rotten, yeah, I'm not going to beat. Like, I don't want to beat if I feel rotten sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, you know what, I feel rotten because somebody's pissing me off and I need to seclude myself and I need to beat and get out of the funk. Mm-hmm. So it depends. Yeah. I tend to not, if I'm beating and I'm, and I'm rotten. <laughs> it's not usually on something that is geared for somebody, though, mm-hmm. because I don't want to put all that shittiness into it. So yeah. I just do random stuff. And and sometimes it's the best project. <laughs> it's all that anger and passion and whatever comes out in it. So yeah. for me, I bead during that time. So I don't follow that in terms of like, mm-hmm. I'm not a, I bead whenever I want to kind of thing. And I bead when I want. I say I bead when I want to. Maybe. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I bead whenever I want to, and mm-hmm. I don't prescribe to that. I don't know. I'm going to say something, and I'm, I was like, maybe I shouldn't say it. I don't prescribe to beading as medicine. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as that. I can see how people would, mm-hmm. and awesome, and excellent. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure I have beaded in a scent, in a way that people would describe as it being medicine. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I do I am not comfortable saying that. Like even just saying it now just kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. And it makes me feel really awkward when people talk about it that way. And I don't know why it's my own thing. Like I I am 
all for one with um, all kinds of medicines, like traditional medicines and yeah. doing different things. But just with that itself, I, I, I just feel really uncomfortable. Even now I'm like, <laughs> I feel like my throat is dry. And yeah. So I think it's people's yeah. personal yes. medicines. It's not like, um, ceremonial, um, yeah. like, like, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I get it. And like, like to maybe to, and this is why I say like, I can understand people saying that cause it to- makes total sense mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm a sensible person. And when you say like, Oh, if I'm going, maybe if I have a hard time, I might use my art that I love to get myself out of the funk or whatnot mm-hmm. and different things like Help that. Help you and, process it. And that totally is like what people would describe as something that mm-hmm. would be like medicine, I guess. <laughs> Even saying it's, that yeah. makes me feels like weird, but I don't know. It just like. It's a healing. Some people yes. use it through their healing process. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, I don't know. It's not a holy trinity. Like it's, it's an art form. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. But for me, but, but I'm not dogging anybody who says that, like, don't come run for me in like the Instagram <laughs> DMs or nothing. Cause I'm not trying to be that way. Cause, your, because your that's torch. not, because I'm not like that way. Like don't cancel me for that. It's just that for myself. You don't work that way. Yeah, that's fine. I just don't work that way. But yeah, yeah but I can, I appreciate those who do and yeah whatever <laughs> okay maybe change the subject but i just thought man i can't pretend like it's just because i can't pretend to say like yeah i feel comfortable with that yeah and when people bring it up it really like even when i wrote it down and i read the question just now because i read it just now mm-hmm. and i wrote my book i thought uh i don't know <laughs> so yeah but i don't want to offend anybody but yeah that's yeah. just for me so just that's we're just on different playing fields yeah but yeah. equal okay all right so next one okay so this was that big one okay wait let's go i have a few from last week from last time we had actually it was from when we did our last taping but we we didn't get to everything yeah Yeah. so it says how do you keep your threads from not showing while making puckers oh yeah you pull it tight yeah you pull really tight and Sometimes, well, I don't know. Yeah, you have to pull real tight, but I even find like I don't do a blanket stitch for it because I don't know why, but I think it's because of the way when you're but untucking wait, it. Where's your blanket stitch though? For me, I when I was like when I do up the sew up part, not the puckers, but the side stitch. Uh-huh. That part. You do a blanket stitch. No, See, I don't. I just I, do straight stitch. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do too. But I try, I said, ah, you know what? Let me try it. I'm going to see whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I did it years ago too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because when you flip it, if you're flipping your moccasin, yeah. then the the seam kind of pops a bit. Mm. And then, yeah, you see them. So it yeah. looks dirty. I don't know. I don't like it. So I do blanket stitch on the back, like where the heel is. That's where I do blanket stitch. Yeah. So... I don't at all because I find I, for whatever reason, either. Did you put a welt there or no? No, I don't put okay, a welt. That's what so I do, yeah, yeah, the welt yeah. will hide it. But even with the side stitch, when I did it, it showed anyways. So I think it's like how tight it, you, it has to be super tight, but sometimes when you flip it, it's, it's going to show. So mm-hmm. maybe use a different stitch. I don't know what stitch you're using. I don't know. Yeah. Like that was just a question. I don't yeah. know. Like, again, if you have a question more technical than your best bet is probably to send us a photo too, so that we can really mm-hmm. just like talk about what it is that we actually see. Yeah. But yeah. And then one other question was, how do you bead with a newborn? When I they said sleep. I, I used to bead with them on my, well, for my last one, I was really a bead, like really beading. Mm-hmm. My other, my first three, I had no time. That mm-hmm. wasn't a priority. But for my last one, it was, and I would just strap them on in one of those carriers in the front. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there and bead and be very 
careful not to stab nobody. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or I would just like sometimes like they would be nursing and I have them on the pillow and I would just reach over and just and feed. Be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends and, on what your priority is, right? Yeah. And it depends on age too, because as they get bigger, oh God. you got to put those beads away. So it, yeah, sometimes it, it does sacrifice a little bit. Yeah. Like, well, it's not a sacrifice. It's your child, you know? So it's, you just have to take a step back sometimes or you do it when they sleep, but then you're running on no sleep like I used to. So, mm-hmm. which is not the greatest for your mental health either. Yeah. So <laughs> that's not a, I don't recommend it. But yeah, it's uh, sometimes it just has to take a backseat. So, Supermarché Idia, your one-stop grocery store for your everyday needs. Offering regular groceries as well as Afro-Caribbean and international food products. Looking to save money? Then Supermarché Idia is the right place for you. Located at 72 Boulevard Saint-Jean-Baptiste in Chattergay, behind the A&W. Open seven days a week. For more information, check out their website at idiasupermarket.com. That's I-D-I-A supermarket.com. So, okay. All right. So we're coming from, from this one. We're coming from a, a place where we needed clarification as well. Yeah. And, and and I still don't know if I know the answer. And I'm only, okay. So there was more in the actual message that was sent, but I'm only just reading the we're actual. Paraphrasing. Yes. I'm yes. paraphrasing the exact question that was asked. Okay. So how do those of us who are white passing that have status find community when we are not welcome? And that pertains to beating and selling in a small res. So when I went back and I read the question, the the lady who had wrote to us mm-hmm. uh, lives in a very small community in her. It's She lives on a res, but it's a very small and they are surrounded. Part of another small community. Yes, but it's kind of like here, like they're surrounded by... Other small communities. Other small yeah. non-native communities. Yes. So for her, she was struggling with yeah, there's there's some things that we were missing. I guess we didn't know all all the details. So it seemed like because, okay, so white passing, we didn't know what that meant yeah. <laughs> at first. We had to have that clarified. And the only reference I had or had heard about it is when African-American people who are lighter skinned were able to move around a community that was maybe a pre- predominantly a white community and normally it would have probably been somewhere in the South where they could navigate that community as somebody who was not African-American. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I assumed it was. And mm-hmm. then that's the, that's the reference that I had. So what we had to do is we had to ask the woman who was talking for clarification because, well, we didn't really know what it was. And we had to be honest, like, well, yeah, what is this? I never what is heard, it you're talking we, yeah, about? And we were both guessing. So I was like, I never heard that. Like white passing. And then, yeah, so we were going back and forth trying to figure that out. But yeah, so it, it just really did mean that she's... She said she was fair skinned. She had light, light eyes. eyes, but she had dark hair. And she wasn't the quote unquote typical indigenous looking person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I believe more in that conversation, it was she was struggling with there. She, she's been told that, she shouldn't be she, she shouldn't be beating because she's was it white passing is that what it is or yeah or she i don't know cuz she looks white or uh, i don't know I it don't just know. didn't really kind of i mean to me my first gut reaction was it doesn't matter what color you are if you're if you're Ungwahua who wants to bead then bead like it, like yeah. that's what that's what i thought yeah but i have to be honest i don't know what that's like mm mm-hmm. To be a fairer skinned person. <laughs> hey. No. <laughs> and Margaret and I had a short discussion because I don't know what that's like. I know what it's like to be 
a dark skinned person and all the things that come along with that part. And mm-hmm. some of it is good and some of it is bad because mm-hmm. then people are looking at you because they think you're going to do something because you're dark skinned, which is a total like ridiculous thing too. Like, you know, like yeah. we talk about racial profiling or profiling in general, but yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't really, I don't know what it's like to be that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Margaret looks the other way like, well, Hey, hey, everybody. So if you don't know what I look like, <laughs> so I've lived, I've lived it my whole life, you know, yeah. but the, the difference in this, though, was that I have never had flack about beating or doing my mm-hmm. arts and and looking the way I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that took me by surprise because my community, know, well, for the most part, people know who I am, you know, people in my generation or a little bit older, younger, I guess, know who I am. Well, okay. So I wanted to make sure, because I'm not 100% sure about the path, like white passing or whatnot, but this mm-hmm. is what it says. Ra- this is just in general. I just Googled white passing. It mm-hmm. says racial passing occurs when a person classified as a member of a racial group is accepted or perceived as a member of the, as an, of another group, is perceived as a member of another group. Now, I'm not sure if that means that person is electing to not tell the other people who they really are. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. it seems, um, I don't know. But anyway, we'll probably be a touchy subject for some people, like, to hear this because whether you might actually. Well, because we have both sides. There's a a variation and everyone has their own. Yeah, uh, people who are listening might be like, oh, my God, like, are they talking about me or things like this? Because some people will have experience with this exact thing. Yeah. And some people will not necessarily understand what it's like. So it's having grace for both sides. Yeah, exactly. Like. So let's talk about from your perspective. Yeah. So the difference, like I was saying, growing up in a small community where, you know, yes, I I don't fit the norms of what we're supposed to look like, I guess. And what is that, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, you know, like you were saying, you get tormented for being too brown. Yeah. And then I am not brown at all. So, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah, it's ridiculous. I have never experienced that to say not within my own community, because I think that was some of her struggles is that she was getting flack from From her other from other her in, own community and other indigenous people. Yeah, so I I do have to say yes when I leave our community, it's different. I do have to almost well, I I don't feel like I have to prove anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I was always it was instilled who I was. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean it doesn't suck when somebody's questioning your whole they want your whole lineage yeah. and all this bullshit, you mm-hmm. know, which it, which is bullshit. But I don't know. I, I always had that sense like I've taken time to know my language, mm-hmm. um, not obviously not fluently, but I, I, I have some, mm-hmm. you know, you have I a can, strong base. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a strong base. You know, I have learned parts of my culture like I whatever I, I, I partake in my damn shit. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, I'm, I feel secure. I, I know yeah. who I am. I would like to know more stuff, of course, yeah. like everyone else. Mm-hmm. But. I feel secure in that. So, and I made it a damn point to know that because of the way I look. Okay. Because if I leave this community, I don't look ungwe ungwe. So Mm -hmm. I'm going out and I look like another non-native person. I always made sure that I knew who I was so that when I was questioned, I had my backup. I can speak my language. I can tell you where I come from. I Mm -hmm. can tell you my, my culture and all of that shit. So... You know, and I've instilled that in my kids. Yeah. You know, my son has plat- platinum blonde hair yeah. and blue eyes and super fair skin. My daughter's a little bit darker, but, you know, same thing. So yeah. 
they they know who they are, you know, or I want them to know yeah. who they are so that when they come up against this someday, and they will, yeah. that they, they have something to fall back on. So I find for me, I guess, that having that base was most important yeah. and knowing that. But going out and dealing with that, I don't know. I can't say like it's, I think it was more hurtful being at home than like people criticizing the way you look but i've never had anyone say you can't beat or you shouldn't because yeah. uh because i don't look a certain way but yeah so that's kind of weird that's a little shady and shitty yeah it is yeah so i don't know that's that's all i have for that yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's like a really weird and touchy weird thing i don't know i i think i think it's it's something that people spoke about before to mm -hmm. like peer groups or whatnot, but it's now becoming not taboo to speak about these kind of issues that people are facing. You know what I mean? There are like the severity and the more visual things of other, I guess you could say minority groups or whatnot, but now we have now embraced the talk of being able to talk about just things as Ungwahu and the, the struggles and the challenges that we've had and we're able to put voice and vocabulary that that mirrors the vocabulary that other groups have be, have been using for maybe longer than we have for say like 50 years, 60 years and stuff like that. And when those things were visible and I'm talking about African-Americans in the South and whatnot and or even in America period. And then now being able to say, OK, like this is now we're able we feel OK to talk about these kind of things. And I think it has a lot to do with all the the taking our power back and speaking about things that happen at residential school and being, and that, and those monumental moments that we've been like, okay, we can speak about this. We don't have to be ashamed about these kind of things. We can't just, we're not just going to slide underneath like society wants us to. We can put our, our truth to our, like we can put voice to our truth now. So. And even more so I find sometimes there's like this whole, I, or I don't know if there is, but because of the way you look, you shouldn't have a say or you, you mm. shouldn't speak your mind, you know, yeah. because while you're speaking up for indigenous rights or something, but look, you look white. Like that, to me, that almost falls into this, like, oh, well, yeah. you shouldn't be doing indigenous things when you look white. <laughs> because it's, it doesn't matter what the hell you look like. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a whole lot of bullshit. Yeah. I think it comes all, yeah, it's, it comes right down from like hurt. Like hurt people hurt people. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we have a lot of people who have a lot of things that they've gone and seen or their family members have seen and have perpetuated those ideals or norms to their family. And it's mm -hmm. it's hard to break free from those things. That's why people do a lot of stuff that they don't even realize they're doing. It's because it's like indoctrinated and ingrained in their minds that yeah. this is how you should be. And slowly we're all making our ways to figure out how we should navigate ourselves in society. And, um, and it's hard because you, you, you always fall back on things that you know. And so, and where you felt safe. And if yeah. you're growing up and this is how you were raised, you feel safe in that. And, and, but, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be safe for somebody else just because it's safe for you and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think like, I don't, like I said, I, I, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to talk about because no one's ever brought this kind of subject up to us before. Yeah, We've talked awesome. about non-native people's beating and what that, and, and that kind of thing, or people teaching them and all that kind of thing. Like we mm -hmm. try to touch on that a little bit, but we never had this, but yeah. 
So yeah, it's a different lens. I guess really just to answer the question where it said like find community when you don't feel when you're not welcome or you don't feel welcome in your yeah. own or whatever, then you you really do have to make your own community yeah. in that. <laughs> I don't mean Micanac, but I mean like <laughs> I mean you, like, you want to talk about that? No, uh, no. <laughs> you don't want to talk about people presenting. Would that be presenting? Presenting as native, and even though they have no lineage or heritage at all, would that be? They just jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> but this, sorry, no. But in this case, like I don't see that as that. Like no. I don't see like I mean from what she's telling us, she doesn't. It doesn't seem like that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. just people saying. Well, one she was talking about. Her prices, she wasn't confident in her prices. And then that yeah. kind of generated the conversation as like, well, how is she able to sell? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe because she were, was fairer, I, I'm assuming people took the idea that because she was fairer, she was able to sell into the community because she didn't look native. And then the native people got mad at her. And I'm using <laughs> native just because she... I don't know necessarily the term who she is referring to. So I'm using native. I know mm-hmm. it's not politically correct. I'll use Ungohue, you know, yeah. like, well, we won't get like tied up in that. Like, <laughs> there's still some colon colonizers words running around these parts. So we'll just, <laughs> let's skip over that part. But, but yeah, so like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't think she's pretending she is Ungohue and she's beating and just back she, off. Maybe her, her stuff is break, good. Man. Maybe her stuff is really good. And they're just jealous. Like, so my mother would say, well, they're just jealous and I would hate that. Yeah, my mother used to counteract <laughs> because I was brown as they're just jealous, which made me feel even worse because then it means that they thought I was better than them. Well, I because I think that's what, on both sides because I got the same. They're just jealous. And I was like, but are they? Or she'd be like, oh, look, okay, this is my cake. Okay, so we're going to go into a little bit more of like this kind of thing because it was a really big thing in my life. So I am a dark person. I have dark hair. I had dark eyes. So when I was younger, my mother would take me places. And this is what she would say. Oh, people were like, oh, she's so beautiful. And no, this is as a kid. Oh, da, da, da. people would be watching me. And then so what happened was, is that I don't know if I heard any of that rhetoric, but I heard her say, oh, as a kid, as a baby. And now this is like I'm five, six years old now. She would say this like this was. A, and what happened was, is I got so self-conscious. And this was also the time when I moved to Ganawage and people, well, one, I was a new kid in school, but I was super ass dark. And I felt like that was something that was hindering me from really making connection. And that in my mind, in my mind, in my being, that's what it felt like. So when my mother would tell me these stories about that and calling attention to look, even though she wasn't saying it was bad, it was, she said it was wonderful. It just created this thing with me. And I then proceeded to take it on and it shaped me how I could, where I could sit in a restaurant because I couldn't have, I would be very aware of people watching me. And it was like, oh God, like it's cause I'm brown. And so whether they were looking at me cause they thought I was pretty, I don't know. Like it wasn't that, it was just like, oh my God, people are watching you, people are watching you. So I would have to like sit with my back in a booth because I didn't want anybody to watch me. My boyfriend who at the time, who is now my husband, we would go out to eat. And I said, I can't sit here. I have to sit on that side of the table because he, because he or she can see me eating. And so it was that kind of thing. So, so just parents be mindful. (laughs) mindful. (laughs) Don't give your kids complexes. (laughs) Don't say they're jealous. Just say, you know what? You're a good person. Yeah. You got good stuff, you know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, that's just my, that's one, that's one of my hangups. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 
But not anymore. I am. I own my brownness and my gray hairs because yeah. it's not black anymore. No <laughs> I own my age. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I, we all have it. Everyone's got a hang up and everyone has a side to their hang up. Yeah. Hopefully we kind of tread it on that well. And uh, <laughs> maybe we have more questions if we do answers, but hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Because you... it's not something that's always brought up or talked yeah. about. And. <laughs> like I could be sitting with my friends and we're talking about all kinds of stuff and you know I'll be like oh yeah like I don't know just say something and I'm like internally I forget what I look like maybe sometimes so I'm like I feel like I look like Pocahontas all the time <laughs> <laughs> so stupid but but even for me thinking that that is the way I should look oh to yeah be really yeah because everybody in my whole life has always questioned why why are you blonde then you're native oh my god why are you sick to my stomach a little bit that like it's annoying you have no freaking idea going to the fuck trying to go over uh, the border is the worst i had people like really say some rotten shit to me you know just yeah so it's it's not nice it's not fun you know trying to deal with that and uh it just makes me more mad knowing because it makes me more piss because knowing like, i know who the hell i am like yeah. you know so it makes me more mad and just yeah it's annoying it's annoying it's very you know my kids for a long the longest time they used to like get nervous going to the border because they knew they it was saw, coming yeah. yeah they knew it was coming that we were gonna get harassed like even Greg, who is darker, darker yeah. hair, but has blue eyes, like blue mm-hmm. eyes. Same thing. He gets questioned. Well, why are your eyes blue? And not in like, That is oh. so ridiculous. It's in, <laughs> and it's very condescending the way it's it's done. Yeah. You know, and it's just really rotten. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's some bullshit, you know. Yeah. So it's it's having grace and especially from your from your own, you know, mm-hmm. like I think it's having grace for both sides. You know, yeah. I saw a post long ago about somebody basically calling people out for saying like oh well you're lucky that you look white because you're safe in a white community where i'm brown and i'm not so but i was like that and that that that's true true. yeah it's it's not that it's not true but don't create that animosity between because both are both sides have their hurts and both sides have their bullshit you know so it's having grace for both sides that both sides are going through whatever they're going through and that's what it is you know so just fuck everyone piss off no (laughs) go smudge yeah smudge yourself that's basically what it comes down to you know so just yeah yeah so that was that loaded (laughs) so yeah so if you have any like if anybody out there who's listening has anything to like talk about about that like we're open to talk about things like that and you know, flutter inbox to see what it is like, you know, from your perspective. Cause like you said, like we, we always say is we're speaking from, from our own perspectives, what mm-hmm. we know, what we've, what we feel, what we no. feel, what our limited Google <laughs> experience has <laughs> shown on the algorithm. And maybe yeah. from this, the phone is picking up all this stuff and I'll get all this yeah. racial content, but yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but so yeah, so that was a very interesting topic. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, yeah. So, so you had a question and I'm just going to, this is your hypothetical. And she goes, say it's hypothetical. Should we say it? Should I do it? <laughs> what if another bead worker inboxes you and says that her client sent you pictures of your work and is asking her to replicate something you've done? What do you do? What do you do? How do you feel? What do you think of that? So, yeah, like I is want it to. Is a compliment or a slap in the face is what I wrote <laughs> underneath that. <laughs> so I do want to clarify because when I wrote it, you can't tell context through yeah. text or mm-hmm. through Facebook or whatever. 
I am not mad about this. I am not upset about it. It mm-hmm. was, but I, I just really want to see and hear other people's perspectives on it and whatever. Because I'm sure it's not the first time it happened. No, and yeah. it won't be the last. So, yeah. you know, and yeah, so I wasn't upset about this. I, I spoke, so I did, I did get an inbox from another beadwork artist and I was very thankful, you know, that I got that. And she had a request from a client who... She took on an order and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And the client asked if she could, well, how it went down was she took on the order and then the lady sent all my pictures to. Oh, as reference. Yeah, all as reference. Um, and then asked her to replicate them. Mm-hmm. So the the artist herself said, well, no, you know, that I'm not comfortable doing that. And even if I want it to be similar like to create it to be similar, I would I would feel more comfortable asking that artist, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she did. She Which asked is like me, gold stars for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because gold stars to that artist who was like, you know what? No thanks. Yeah, because like really though, who wants, you know, like yeah. yeah. But why and and on top of it, the idea of it is that beadwork, if you're asking somebody to do their stuff to do your stuff, yeah. they do beautiful work. You know, Why they, would you want them some, doing somebody yeah, else's stuff? They yeah, they have a style. They have yeah. their own creative mind. They don't need to take somebody else's stuff to to replicate. You know, yeah. they they have their own beautiful ideas. So yeah, so that's that's the way it went. And she inboxed, and I I told her I said for me personally that was made for my daughter. It was her grad outfit mm-hmm. that was you know want to be replicated bead for bead, and I I I wasn't okay with that. And mm-hmm. I think I have the right to say like I. That was special for my daughter. I don't want somebody else wearing it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say like, oh, no, you can't. I was just more like, well, I said, I don't you mind. You asked me, so I'm telling you. Yeah, you yeah. asked me and this is really what I think. So I said, I don't mind if you do something similar. I said, I just don't want it bead for bead and like yeah. identical, but do your own spin. And I was actually like excited to see what she comes yeah. up with because I I love her work as well. Mm-hmm. So they they decided what they're going to be doing and whatever. And mm-hmm. but she asked me, you know, so yeah. So it, it's just kind of giving that the heads up and and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what happened. And the consensus, I guess, where people were. They were all over the place. Yeah. For the most part, most were not OK with replicating. Yeah. Having their work replicated or being the person replicating, like yeah. it was both sides. People weren't okay with that. Not like car- I'm talking carbon copy. Yeah. Like nobody wants to be redoing somebody else's work. Yeah. The inspiration I think was okay. Like yeah. a lot of people are, that's cool. You know, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Take it and run with it. Do your, do it better, you know, yeah. make it some your own. There were a few who were like, go for it, you know. And and in all honesty, when I look at my daughter's yoke, I, I personally wouldn't want it replicated. But if you can do that, if you can put all the damn work in that it took, because it took long to do it, you know, more power to you, that kind of thing. I'd probably yeah. still be mad if I saw it walking yeah. around somewhere else. But that's another part of it that I was like, I've had unfortunate cases where people have wanted to replicate something and then ask me for the damn pattern like mm-hmm. it no to me that's i, I wasn't you have comfortable the, you have you can say no yeah i can say no if i want <laughs> to like that's fine but if you want to try people get mad, though, some people get mad when you say no yeah and that's what we said last but it's time not, like it's not that you're not sharing your gift yeah you, I just know? Give it's my just, you don't want to give your pattern mm-hmm 
I'm not giving you my famous chili recipe. No, nobody gets mad. There's like a thousand other recipes on Instagram or anywhere yeah. on the internet you can find. You don't have to give everybody everything. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying about works. getting butt hurt last time. Like just, you know, you got to sometimes you just got to deal with the word no, you know. Yeah. So, but anyways, that's yeah. But I'm cool with people wanting if you want to do all the work mm-hmm. go right ahead like yeah. it took me honestly to make that yoke just the design and the shaping because everything you have to make sure because it was very sym- symmetrical and all that jazz like that took a long time it took me about four to five hours just to get it right mm-hmm. you know and then somebody was like can i have it you know i was like no no i'm not cool with that not yet anyway maybe one day i will mm-hmm. be but i i just busted my ass for that you know but if you want to do it, go right ahead, mm-hmm. you know. So anyways, that's my uh, shady bullshit. But <laughs> and then after that, it got into like why people aren't sharing and all that kind of jazz, I, th- I think, too. Did it on your thread or, under th- or on other threads, like people talk. I mean, that's always a conversation like, yeah. well, you should be sharing your stuff and oh, you should be doing this and you should no. be doing that. And people being just, yeah, just upset, I guess, about, I don't know. I wonder if people are upset. People are other people are doing well. I think I, I think sometimes people are envious. Like I've been envious before. Like you know, you see, I don't even know if envious is the right word. It's not jealous. I know that it's not jealous, but it's just like, oh my god, it hits insecurities. No, it's not even insecurities. Well, yeah, it is because then it's like, oh man, like you were able to do that. You were able to put yourself out there. So the insecurity of not being able to be vulnerable in my case. So like seeing somebody like, oh my god, you were able to like. Like, say I didn't apply, like, I could see myself if I didn't apply to this artist in residence mm-hmm. and somebody got it. And I, w- bitch. And, I, <laughs> and I would be like, I would be mad that, I wouldn't be mad that they got it. I would be mad and down on myself mm-hmm. for not having the strength and the power to put myself out there to be rejected. And Because that's what it yeah. is, right? So, but, and you're conscious of that. Yeah. So when you are conscious of yes. that. You can bite your tongue. You can see it for what it is and you can control your reactions and outlashing and. Or even have an outlash, but then realize and then verbally say it if it's an outlashing that's public. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you have a public outlash, you should have a public reflection that, oh, man, maybe this wasn't right. Yeah. It shouldn't be hidden because if you're able to say everything you want to say that's negative, you should be able to say everything that's positive and being able to be aware that you made a mistake or something mm-hmm. should be also verbal in public too, right? Because the public heard your diarrhea. It should be able to hear your like, oh man, like, hello. The mouth shits. Yes. So, but yeah, so that's something that I've dealt with mm-hmm. where I'm envious of people who are taking the chance on themselves. Yeah. Not that they've gotten chances because if I don't put myself out there, then what do I have to be upset about, you know? So I've I've had instances like that and I've only in the last probably four months maybe have really put myself out there. And in the last year, I have really realized that being vulnerable is not being weak and that I can do things and be okay with consequences, even if they're negative, as long as I made the as long as I put myself in the ring and were, was able to take a chance on myself. And I think that's what happens a lot of times is that a lot of people don't always feel confident to put themselves out there 
and then don't necessarily feel good when they see other people doing it. And then it's an attack on that person who put themselves out there rather than just being like, man, I really should just post more or I should sell more. Or I should be more outgoing and put myself in stores or different things like that. Like, you know, like, I don't know. So that's what I think sometimes is what holds people back. And, and that's, and the same thing goes with this idea is that the only way to improve yourself as a bee worker is to take the chances to bead mm-hmm. and to design and to carve out your own. If you don't already have a style is to carve out a style of your own. Mm-hmm. And just do it. And just do it. And that's it. Yeah, somebody said, yeah, I feel yucky as a fellow artist. It would feel yucky if somebody asked Oh, to, to do it, to yeah. Do, yeah, sorry, that was just, I just read a, a note. <laughs> that has to do with uh, the hypo- hypothetical question on how would you feel if uh, somebody asked to, do it, to, to replicate. Yeah, to and replicate. the person said that if somebody asked me, I would feel yucky mm-hmm. to try to replicate somebody's work. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that goes for all art forms, like most people would probably feel it's not just beadwork it's in general in art mm-hmm. in the art world or whatever but there was something where somebody had wrote you know like it stops them from posting or it stops not posting who like i don't give a shit post or don't post yeah like don't allow that to stop you from beating because for me i don't understand why why you would allow that to hold you back in the sense that well i'm not gonna bead because somebody, it might My look like somebody else's and somebody might call me out. Or Who gives a shit. Or somebody might not like it. Or somebody yeah. might say something about it. Like because then, nine times out of ten, people are going to say something nice rather than say something negative. Yeah. And, and, and don't, who really cares yeah. what they say? Who gives a shit? Honestly. Like. Really? Yes. I look at it like that. Like. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I've had, you know what? I just noticed something like I'm going to, I'm going to bring it all up and uh, I'm going to give a shout out because I honestly did that and didn't even know. And I had done a pair of moccasins. Mm-hmm. It was a raffle. Anyways, I did something. Mm-hmm. The colors, I did it. It was gold and purples and all of this. And then late, it wasn't until way later, I noticed that in my class, there was another, I'm going to call, um, I'll say her name, Lisa. I never use her last name. What the hell's her last <laughs> Lisa White. I'm so sorry. I'm like, who are you talking <laughs> about? Which Lisa? Okay. Lisa it was in my class years ago and she did a yoke. And it was, I don't know how many years ago. It was a while back. Now I noticed that the vamps that I did look so much like her yoke. The colors, it's the color scheme. And I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So I, it was never intentional. I never look at any of her stuff. I never was like, oh my God, I got to find this or whatever, you know? So it happens. It really does happen. She didn't call me out, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but if she did, you know, like, uh, that's, that's cool. Like, I, you know, I didn't copy it, but mm-hmm. I like, that's, this is what happens sometimes. Like people are on the same wavelength and whatever. So I think just don't worry about it, you know, like don't be afraid to post. Don't think that only select people are allowed to post because that's bullshit. That's not how it is. And that's not how. Toot your own horn. Yeah. Don't wait for somebody to do it for you because time, because I can guarantee you 100% of the time, nobody gives a shit. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to give a shit for yourself. You got to yeah. be looking out for yourself. Not to say that you have to, not in the sense that you should be egotistical and do all that kind of stuff and only look out for yourself. I'm not saying in that context, <laughs> in the context of beadwork or art or anything. If you want to be noticed, put yourself out there plain and simple. Yeah. Don't wait for somebody to become knocking at your door 
and soliciting you for whatever it is you do because the universe said, hey, you should go over here because they got some good work. It don't work like that, baby. Well, you got to <laughs> put yourself out there. You can't yeah. wait for any of that to come knocking at your door if it's not going to happen. No. Mm. You have to, in this day and age, put yourself on social media. Find somebody to wear your creations. And, and in all of this things. process, you also have to realize that when you do that, when you put yourself out there, you're also in the line of a fire of a fire of positive and negative. Yeah. hundred percent. So, you know, like either do it or don't do it and just whatever. And, like and deal with the, the consequence of either. Yeah. That's, and that's the way it is. So like and don't rain like, on anybody else's parade because you can't do it. That's, we're like going on a tangent, but. But it's true. Like, you know, like. Yeah, I, I it bugged Like I was think, sitting there and thinking about that, like somebody writing like. Like it was just one comment, but it was kind of like, I really hope that other people don't sit there and like worry about that. Like don't allow bullshit to, stuff, yeah, yeah. to stop you. To permeate your your life. And it does not just pertain to B work. It pertains to life. Mm -hmm. Don't let somebody else's negative thoughts or thoughts, period, permeate your existence to stop you from doing what it is you that wanna you want to do. That you because enjoy. that is like their way of holding you back. Get them out of your foxhole. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with people who are supportive of you. Surround yourself with people who are on the same track as you, who have the same goals. And mm -hmm. I'm talking directly from David Goggins' book because that's who <laughs> I have in my foxhole is people who have my back and who are know what I've done and know where I want to go and aren't like patting me on the back, but are willing to say, you know what? I see you. Mm -hmm. That's good enough. That's all I need. I just need somebody to see me. Yeah. And sometimes. And see like, the bad part for sure. And the good parts, but definitely see me. Yeah. Or like, just do it and don't give a shit. Like, yeah. don't, I don't know. Like when I beat, I'm not beating because I want glitz and glory either. Yeah. I don't put shit out because I want that pat on the back yeah. at all. It's nice if it comes, yeah. but I'm not, I don't put myself out there for that. I yeah. do it because I need it for the medicine. <laughs> so now we're going back to that big round thing of medicine. No, I'm just kidding. But, but that's okay though. But, but that's, that, that's the truth. <laughs> no, for me, it's, it's, an, it's an outlet. That's what it is for me. So yeah. it's just to deal with bullshit. That's what it is. It's my calming. People might go run. People might do exercise, but yeah. I don't like doing that shit. I like beating. So that's yeah. what I do. And this is what comes out of it. And that's what it is. Take it or leave it. So, okay, you know, sit on my ass, drink coffee and beat and <laughs> yeah. watch Netflix. That's, that's my life. So, and maybe you eat some, some chips. Yeah. <laughs> some so. plain white chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No so. color. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is. You know, there's our big rant and tangent, but. But I think I we have to talk about it because like people skirt around that all the time. And we've skirted around that before too, that, you know what, you just gotta, yeah. just gotta do it. Just and like if you. we've ever given the impression about copying and all of that, like we've talked about this a million times yeah. and it's not about the, I don't give a shit about inspiration and all of those yeah. things. Like to me, the copying is carbon copying. If yeah. you're carbon copying, that means bead for bead, color for color, color shape, shape for shape, placement, yes. everything. If you are ripping off somebody else's work. And then passing it off as your own. Yes. I mean, yeah, you might beat it, but that there's more to beaver than just the bead. Yeah, the the, beading part. all of that bullshit. So if that's what you're doing, we are simply saying give a shout out or maybe ask you may not even have to give them a shout out but you know what give the artist maybe a heads up 
to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Because then otherwise, yes, you put yourself out for scrutiny. That is for carbon copying. Anything beyond that, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like who cares? Just do what you're going to do because beads are beads. There's only so much you can do with them. There's only so many colors. Mm -hmm. Within Gahanawage, there's only well, a handful of places to to buy, buy beads, them yeah. from. So the mo- and the velvets, the there's a handful of velvet yeah. colors and different things like that. Yeah. So don't don't worry about it and don't stop just because somebody might think that it looks like theirs. You know, like whatever. And if somebody feels or somebody salty, might want to say something about it, you know, yeah. like who cares? Daneto. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's it for our day. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> that's all I got too. So there we go. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, now for listening to The Beating Table, we will be back next month. Flood your USA's page with all your awesomeness about how you love The Beating Table and like, let's get some traction out there and now for listening. Have a good day, everybody. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your USA and its employees.